Welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Last week, Nathan and I reviewed the sign of Israel. The greatest of all the signs of the times has been on full display over the past several weeks as the eyes of the world have been focused on the trauma of the terrorist attack on Israel on October 7th and the drama of the unfolding war on Hamas in Gaza. Even now, many wonder if this conflict will grow. Certainly, the satanic hatred that inspired the radicalized terrorists of Hamas has metastasized like a cancer around the world. And many of the nations immediately surrounding Israel, of course, have been fomenting animosity for the Jewish state since 1948. Many Americans have been shocked to witness the blatant anti-Semitism and condemnation of Israel that has manifested on college campuses and even the halls of Congress. And although President Biden initially declared that the United States would stand with Israel, our solidarity with the Jewish people living there has been infamously fickle over the past 75 years. Already we're seeing signs that America is trying to hold Israel back from eliminating that evil that threatens its very existence. And we've also seen Western media largely move on from the war in Israel. After a brief period of supposed shock at the atrocities committed by Hamas, the mainstream media is falling back into its normal mode of holding Israel to a higher standard than any other nation and condemning its justifiable actions at every turn. You know, we should not be surprised that the world is moving on and turning its collective back on Israel. That is exactly what God's Word prophetically proclaims will happen in the end times. Eventually, all the nations will come against Israel. A series of wars will threaten the existence of the Jewish state as despots and dictators attempt to eradicate the Jews once and for all. But God has promised that He will protect and preserve Israel. Well, that's right. The God who protects Israel never slumbers and He never sleeps. And so, while the Jewish people will endure trials and eventually a period of great tribulation, He will miraculously preserve a remnant of the Jews. And when they come to the end of themselves, they will turn to Him and cry out as for an only son. The sign of Israel is proof that we are living in the season of the Lord's return. The regathering of the Jews over the past 150 years and continuing today, their reestablishment as a nation, their repossession of their ancient capital of Jerusalem, and the refocusing of world attention on Israel proves that God's prophetic time clock is nearing the midnight hour when Jesus will burst from the heavens. Amen. Well, today we want to gain an understanding of the prophetic significance of the horrors that visited Israel on October 7th and the ramifications of what is happening still in the Promised Land. We've released a number of our Prophetic Perspective videos highlighting voices from Israel in recent weeks. And today, we'd like to bring you excerpts from these powerful testimonies. We're going to begin with Avi Mizraki, the pastor of Dugit Ministry in Tel Aviv, a Lamb and Lion sister ministry. This testimony was recorded in late October when Israel was still reeling from the horror of terror inflicted on their people. Here now is Avi's recognition of the prophetic roots of the conflict we are witnessing and the fate of those who come against the Lord's chosen people. Yes, I'd like to turn to Amos. Amos chapter 1, and I'll just read two, two, three verses. Amos chapter 1, verse 6, 7, and 8. It says, Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Gaza, and for four, I will not turn away its punishment, because they took captive the whole captivity to deliver them up to Adam. But I will send a fire upon the wall of Gaza, which shall devour its palaces. I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod and the one who holds the scepter from Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish, says the Lord God. Mm. Now in those days, you know, the Philistines, they ruled not just in Gaza, 
but also Ashkelon and Ashdod and Ekron. And those places, they had temples for their worship of their gods. And here, we see here scripture that God is going to punish the Philistines in Gaza, Ashkelon, and Ashdod. Mm. They praise God. Ashkelon and Ashdod is the Jewish cities. It's a beautiful cities. But Gaza is still under the Palestinians. It's under the control of the Hamas terrorist organization. Now, there's another scripture that I like to read as well. It's from Zechariah chapter 9. In Zechariah chapter 9, and I'll just read from verse... Um, uh, 5 and 6. Ashkelon shall see it and fear. Gaza shall be very sorrowful. And Ekron, for he dried up her expectation. The king shall perish from Gaza. And Ashkelon shall be not be inhabited. And a mixed race shall settle in Ashdod. And I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. Verse 7. Sorry. I will take away the blood from its mouth and the abomination from between its teeth. But he who remains, even he shall be for our God, and shall be like a leader in Judah, and a crown like a Jebusite. But here we see very clearly that God is going to judge Gaza, and he's going to put away the king, that he will perish in Gaza. Now, I really believe that it's not, we are not against the people. No. Israel is not in war with the Palestinian people. Israel is at war with a terrorist, cruel, ISIS of Gaza, which is Hamas and the Islamic Jihad. Now, you may say, uh, why are you saying that? Well, I think some people really don't know the statistics of what has happened in the last two, three weeks. When those uh, evil terrorists, satanic, demonic terrorists, infiltrated into Israel, about 3,000 of them, into Israel by breaking, you know, we have a border and a fence. They, they made holes in those fences and, and broke in fully armed, and they went and attacked about about 20 or so Jewish uh, Jewish kibbutz and moshav settlement, collective farms, and they had one, one thing in mind, to slaughter, cut off uh, innocent civilians. And uh, you say, what are you talking about? Well, let me explain to you. 1,400 people, they killed in a few hours, 1,400 innocent people children, babies. They were beheaded babies in front of their families. I mean, this is so cruel. And um, they, they, uh, they, they killed parents in front of their children. Um, more than 5,000 Israelis were injured. Um, th they kidnapped uh, 230 civilians. We're talking babies, children, the grandparents, innocent people. 30 of them are children, babies and children. Uh, they killed uh, many parents and left 21 orphans. And you, when, you, when you see the atrocities that they have done, you say, this is unhuman. How would a person do such a thing? There is one, one kibbutz, I won't mention the name, that they went and there was a pregnant woman. And they taped her mouth, cut her open, and took the baby out and killed in front of everybody and then killed all the, all the family. I mean, how cruel a person can be? Now, you ask yourself, why will they do that? It's demonic. It's totally demonic. And uh, so when, uh, in the beginning, we did not realize the first day, the first hours, we were not, we were, 
the, the army, we were, we, were, we, were, we, were not, we were not realizing what was happening. And slowly, slowly, more and more information came in. There were families that were, they were hiding in their bomb shelter and the terrorists shot and shot the economy. So they started burning the houses and they were calling for help, the police and the army, where are you? Please come, they're, they're burning us alive. So when they realized this, and that's why, you know, the chief of staff mobilized hundreds of hundreds of Israeli soldiers to join the reserve. My son-in-law, the same day, was called in. He's, he's in the tank, an officer in the tank. And my other son-in-law is a fighter. They were called in and they said, okay, we're going to go and free those settlers, those villages, those kibbutz, those moshav around Gaza, and first of all, kill all the terrorists and free the people. And then he said, now we're going to go after the Hamas because after October 7th, this is not... This is not the same. It, no. It's really changed Israel. We're saying we're going to fight and we're going to go like lions. And the, 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 the Minister of Defense said we are, we are fighting like this, the sons of light against the signs of darkness. And we're going to finish the darkness and the evil once and for all. Avi went on to share his interaction with an Israeli Arab, a Muslim, and the testimony Avi shared about Isa or Yeshua with this man demonstrating that only in Christ can we bless those who are incited to hate us. Hear now the heart of this Messianic Jewish pastor. Yeshua is the hope of glory. Jesus, Yeshua is our hope. And there is no other hope. He's the Prince of Peace. Next, we'll hear from another Messianic scholar serving in Israel. Baruch Korman is another partner of Lamb and Lion Ministries. Although haters of the Jewish people, from Haman to Hitler to Hamas, have been trying to thwart God's will and eradicate the Jews since they were set apart and chosen by God, we know that God has protected and preserved them because He is true to His Word. This moment offers an opportunity to turn to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob once again. Baruch offers a powerful perspective on the blessing of testifying to His goodness in such a time as this. Well, what you say is exactly correct, and it is an opportunity because people are, are dumbfounded by what has happened, and therefore it has given me the opportunity to speak with individuals and be able to share with them, you know, the Word of God promises difficulty in the last days for, for the nation of Israel. There's a very well-known verse from Jeremiah chapter 30, and verse 7, which says in Hebrew, which means a time of trouble for, for Jacob, which is, but from it or out of it will come salvation. And therefore, when we look at the prophets from the position of Israel, we can expect, as Daniel says in Daniel chapter 12, the worst time, and Messiah also said that for those in Judea the worst time ever, but in the end, that remnant who will look upon Messiah when he comes, and here this passage, of course, isn't speaking about the rapture, it's speaking about the second coming, that they will look upon the one who has pierced, and they will respond, they will mourn, they will identify him, and therefore this time is an opportunity to bring people into prophecy and to show them what truly the prophets have, have promised what they have said, and that we should expect 
what the Word of God says. Unfortunately, the rabbis say that there's different end-time scenarios that uh, will happen, and therefore one prophecy is for then time, another prophecy for another. That's not true. All of God's Word is going to be fulfilled. As a Messianic follower of Yeshua, who has a gift for testifying to Orthodox Jews, Baruch Corman also offers insight on how we can share our faith in our Jewish Messiah with our Jewish friends. He begins where our testimony should always originate, in the Word of God. You'll see that during our conversation, I affirmed that as a Gentile follower of Jesus, I recognize the promises of God that still apply to the Jewish people and the importance of blessing the Jews as commanded by Scripture. A great verse is found in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 20, where it says, Out of Zion, and that means from a kingdom purpose, the, the Redeemer will come. And we need to know that redemption for the Jewish people began with Passover, and we need redemption because redemption brings us into a covenant, and it calls us to be His servants, and it allows us. We can't worship God without experiencing redemption. And the key element in redemption is blood. So the verse that I like is Isaiah 59, verses 20 and 21, which speaks about our Redeemer and that what is He going to do when He comes? And this is a last-day prophecy. He is going to turn away sin. Hmm. That is the problem, sin. And when we don't deal with sin, it produces death. And faithlessness is a sin. So we want to encourage people to believe in the promises of God. That's what faith is. Accept His Word for how it's written in the Scripture, and watch how God brings about a change, a kingdom change in our life. That's the message that we like to share. Amen. You know, just the promise to the Jewish people, and, and Yeshua, when He was here, said He came for the Jew first and then the Gentile. As a Gentile follower of a Jewish Messiah, I am so grateful that I've been grafted into this family of God, but I recognize the provision for the Jewish people. And so to follow on that verse from Isaiah chapter 59, verse 20, about the Redeemer coming from Zion, the very next verse says, As for me, Lord, this is my covenant with them. Speaking of Israel, my spirit which is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your seed, the descendants of of Isaiah and, and all those who follow after in the, the house of Israel, of Jacob, nor from the mouth of your seed seeds, says Yahweh from now and forever. The Lord still has a promise. He still has a plan for the Jewish people. And, and our hope is that even in this time of great, again, anxiety and just being overwrought by the evil that has been visited upon the state of Israel, upon so many families, that they will recognize that God still has a plan and a provision and, and will turn to Him for true hope and, and true salvation uh, through Yeshua. Amen. You know, yesterday, one of the people who were taking hostages, a young uh, soldier who was also in that same position of, of watching, she was uh, freed by Israel. It's so sad that the international news media is almost saying that Hamas let her go. That's a false statement. Israel's Israeli soldiers rescued her. And to see in, in her community, it's called Kiryat Gat, one of the ancient uh, Philistine cities, which now all of Jewish city, that's a fulfillment of prophecy, how that city welcomed her, rejoiced, 
And over and over on the news, we saw people not shy about loving God, thanking God, praising God, but how many people came and were interviewed on the news, thanking God and saying, he is our deliverer. He oh. is the one who does that. And I look forward to that same excitement when, when we see Messiah returning. Of course, we won't see this. We'll be with him when that happens. <laughs> right. But when, Israel, when, when Messiah comes the second time and Israel looks upon him, what a day of joy that will be for that remnant. Dan and Meg Price are Americans serving in Israel, also in a sister ministry capacity. Here's Dan's eyewitness account of the horrors of October 7th. So we, uh, we live just above the Sea of Galilee, and uh, the morning that the war started, uh, our phones went off because we get alerts uh, on the kinds of things that happen in Israel, and so we need to know what's going on. And we actually saw the, the rockets come in, but on that particular day, we thought that it was really just uh, more of the same. We've been through, in the eight years that we've lived there, I think we've been through maybe uh, two or three of these kinds of conflicts. And so that morning uh, we got up, it was a Shabbat morning, we got up and we started our days. And it wasn't until about an hour after everything started, as I was watching all the rockets uh, hitting down near the Gaza envelope, that uh, I started looking and realized that this was not the same thing that had been happening before. The last war that we had was back in 21, and it only lasted 11 days. But for some reason, uh, this one looked different because of the invasion that had occurred. Mm. And what I was seeing were the was the raw footage uh, that was coming in from Gaza of the people who had actually uh, perpetrated all these atrocities. And uh, so we knew very quickly that this was something different. That morning, uh, we met with our congregation, and it was the most somber meeting that uh, we have seen uh, in the eight years that, uh, that we have lived in Israel. And you could tell that just uh, every, everything in that one morning, something had changed, uh, and we knew that something was going to be different about this one. Given Israel's size, the October 7th attack was more impactful than our own 9-11. The number of Israelis outrageously slain on that quiet Sabbath morning would be equivalent to nearly 40,000 Americans murdered by terrorists on a single day. Because Israel is a small country, virtually every Israeli knows or is closely related to someone who was killed or taken hostage. I asked Dan about the sentiment among the Jewish people following the trauma that they have experienced as a nation. You know, it's interesting uh, because we live in a Jewish neighborhood. We live in a Moshav, and so it's a kind of a protected neighborhood uh, farming uh, community. And the people there are extremely wounded uh, from what they considered that their army would take care of them in every situation and protect them from these kinds of things from happening. But also, there's not been a single person that we have met, a single Israeli that we've met, that has not known uh, either from just uh, uh, one connection or two of someone who was either abducted or who was killed uh, in that particular, uh, on that particular day. And, and so uh, everyone that we have talked to, and of course, all of our neighbors are Jewish, uh, and uh, in talking with them, they're very angry, they're very hurt, and they're also very scared. Americans, from the 91st Infantry Division commander in World War I to actor Jimmy Stewart's father, have turned to Psalm 91 for assurance and strength in battle. As Israel fights the terrorists of Gaza, IDF soldiers have been recorded singing psalms as they prepared to go into battle against Hamas. I've seen them boldly claiming Psalm 18, 2 and 3, 
The Lord is my rock and my Savior, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. As those words sink deep into their hearts, many Israelis will draw closer to the Lord than they have ever been and will be receptive to the true rock, shield, and horn of their salvation. On the full prophetic perspective, Dan offered unique insights on America's fickle support for Israel. Although he and Meg were already scheduled to come back to the States in late October, he also offered great wisdom for Christians who want to know how to support Israel during this traumatic moment. Well, as you said, you know, we were talking about this earlier, and I, I do agree that uh, the main thing that they need right now is prayer. Uh, and we need to be praying not just uh, uh, that their government will have wisdom in the way that they need to handle the, uh, uh, this particular war, but also that uh, the Lord would be able to speak to the hearts of these people during this period of time. Uh, you know, one of the things that is always difficult is uh, whenever you go to a funeral and um, uh, you, you don't go to a funeral to accuse someone of something. You go there to to basically be with them and help them and uh, uh, be a shoulder for them to lean on. And one of the things that was asked uh, of uh, Meg and me last week after we returned here to the States was what is it uh, that uh, you wish that you could have done? And we said, well, we wish we could have stayed because the thing that that the Jewish people see uh, as one of the the biggest uh, supports is our being able to be there and and help them shoulder the burden that they carry right now. And so I think a lot of it is really just being there, being a friend, telling them that you love them and praying for them and that uh, that you're praying for their loved ones in Israel and, and throughout the world because that means more to them than anything right now. Finally, Erez Bar David, my good friend who often serves as the guide on our Lamb and Lion pilgrimage trips to Israel, will describe some of the challenges facing Jewish communities in this moment of great anxiety and threat. Well, aside um, from obviously the, the feelings of sorrow, deep sorrow, and by the way, I don't think that we actually ha had time to mourn properly over, you know, the loss. Um, I think the sense was that of a shock. I think people still are in a state of shock. And I think that uh, the main reason for that is that for many years, there was a kind of um, a sense of security, uh, internal security. The idea was that while our military is prepared to defend, you know, the borders, um, they are entrusted in keeping our civilians safe. And um, that surprise attack that occurred on October 7th uh, changed everything. And I think this is still the case. Um, obviously, the people who um, were hit the most were the people who lived in the southern part of the country. But I think on a broader scale, um, the thought, you know, um, was such that, well, if it happened there, it can happen anywhere because we have a population of millions of, of Arabs, Palestinians, both living in Israel proper and within the boundaries of the so-called occupied territories, the West Bank, Judea, and Samaria. And so if, if they did that there, what prevents Hamas activists or others, you know, from um, carrying out similar attacks on other communities around the country? Erez Bar David sums up the uniquely Christian perspective on evil and those deceived into satanic hatred. 
asked how we can pray for Israel and the Jewish people, he also emphasized the importance of praying for our enemies, that they too will come to salvation through Yeshua, Jesus Christ. I think the first thing that, um, that we ought to do really is to show support and really are standing with Israel at this time. And I know that it's, it's a challenge because the overwhelming majority of this world is against Israel is against the God of Israel. And, and you see everything that is happening over social media, you see um, all kinds of activists, you know, haters, you know, that would go out you know, on campuses, even in the West, you know, tearing down pictures of those kidnapped kids, you know, uh, all kinds of demonstrations against, against uh, Jews and Israelis. And I think one of the most basic things that we can do is really to, to express our support, our, our sympathy, not just sympathy, but really support and the fact that we are very clear on our position and the fact that we're standing with God's chosen people because it's basically the same thing as saying we're standing with God, the God of Israel. So this is the first thing I think that we, we ought to do at this time, which is very practical, obviously. The other thing, of course, is to pray for all those Jewish people and others. Uh, we're actually commanded to pray for our enemies. As, as hard as it may sound, especially now under these circumstances, and I've heard a lot of those terrible, terrible stories uh, that happened um, in, in the Southern communities, you know, entire families, and then the way they were butchered and murdered and kidnapped and raped, I'm just horrible, horrible graf graphic um, descriptions. Um, just basically to pray for everybody, for the Israelis and also the enemies of mm -hmm. Israel, um, that somehow the Holy Spirit will touch their hearts, will change them, because it is a spiritual warfare. And I think it's very, very uh, easy a lot of times to forget that. We're, our, our war, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the devil and his realm. He is actually the one that is standing behind and activating all those people uh, just like uh, mannequins, you know, they're basically puppets on, on strings. And, and so we really ought to pray for Israel, first of all, but also to pray for the other side, you know, um, and, and we know what's, what's coming to them, you know, unless they repent. Well, we hope these voices from Israel have given you insight and encouragement, even as you process the evil recently visited upon the Jewish people. You can watch all of these full Prophetic Perspective episodes by visiting our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel or website. We'll be back again next week with more Voices from Israel. And if you'd like to offer financial or material support to followers of Jesus Christ serving in Israel right now, please know that Lamb and Lion Ministries has directed significant financial support to those serving our Lord on the front lines of this present spiritual battle in Israel. Every dollar you designate will be dedicated to that purpose. And just as the God of Israel never slumbers and He never sleeps, we can be assured that God will guard and protect those who put their trust in Jesus Christ. Sure, in this life we may have external trouble, but greater is He who is in us than He who is in the world. So our hearts do not need to be troubled. Our prayer is that you have grounded your life on the rock of Christ. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem knowing that true peace will not ensue until the Prince of Peace reigns from Mount Zion. With eager anticipation of that Messianic promise being fulfilled soon and very soon, on behalf of all of us here at Lamb & Lion Ministries, Godspeed. Mm -hmm.